财富自由，富是父亲的富。两个中年爸爸闲聊美股、流行，另类育儿经。财富自由想象是百灵果跟古玩的结合。告诉你谁是 Magnificent Seven 科技七五四？你该买瘦瘦比双巨头吗？从马斯克到泰勒斯，从华尔街到好莱坞，我们都追得上。新的一年听新的 Podcast， 让我们一起财富自由。富是父亲的富哦。Embarked on her unexpected journey to Hong Kong five years ago in 2019, drawn by the prospect of college life. While she has developed a deep affection for the city, she also acknowledges the challenges it presents to foreigners. Meanwhile, Tracy's academic pursuits have led her to explore the intricacy of migrant experiences in Hong Kong, particularly focusing on the struggles and sense of belonging among domestic workers. Inspired by personal encounters, Tracy's research delves into the ways migrant communities navigate their identities and spaces within the city. Today, she joins us to share insights into the complex dynamics of belonging, isolation, and identity struggles. Faced by foreigners, particularly those marginalized politically or economically. Can you share a little bit about your life in Hong Kong? Like, why do you come to Hong Kong, and what do you like most, and what bothers you? Yeah, I should say five years ago, in 2019, I came to Hong Kong for college. That was actually not in my plan. It's some some kind of issues in the enrollment and. Yeah, I, and I didn't like get into a mainland school, and so I, I came here. So yeah, <laughs> but I found myself quickly got in love with this place. Probably, well, it's convenient. Well, for the first reason, like everything is within reachable distance. I mean, maybe、uh, at most two hours you can get to anywhere. And is I, I especially like about the combination of urban, like intense urban life and nature. So. When I want to get out of like the busy life, I can、uh, easily like access the mountains, the trails.、Uh, that's one thing I love about Hong Kong. It's sometimes like very crowded, so I don't like a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. I actively learn it, I should say,、uh, because my myself, I really like language and learning new language. But I'm sure, like at the beginning stage, you will face. Like the process of learning is not all enjoyable. Sometimes it's very embarrassing. Like you have to say it before you're really confident in it and really master it. So there's always this like period in transition stage, I should say. So if I come to your research topic, which is like related to differential struggles. Ritual schemes of belonging and the public gathering of migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong.、Mm-hmm. So, have you encountered any personal or anecdotal experience that influenced your interest in this particular topic, or your motivation is like academic, or it's because of societal concerns? If you could throw some light on this, yeah, there are first of all some personal experiences for me.、Uh, my first sight of these migrant workers was. First year in college、it、was a Sunday. The time we got off the station, wow! It was like a huge crowd under I think a footbridge. Thursday brought tents and all those mats、uh, on the floor, and they gathered.、Uh, they shared food and did everything. I was just the very curious about this topic you just mentioned is my graduation thesis, and before that, I also did 
a much smaller project with migrant workers on their family gender norms, family gender norms and religious life. So I got I got to know personally know some of the I think of one particular Indonesian sister, and we just got familiar with each other after we first met at the mosque. And one time we went to hiking together. And and I think some experiences that time、uh, was really something that motivated me to learn more about this migrant community because I found has something in common with them. Like I shared something with them. So the experience、okay. was we were just、uh, walking and on stage we wanted to have a rest, so we just sit on the stone, the very beautiful view, like kind of a cliff. So we just sit there and chatted. It was great. And suddenly, this family—I、uh, think it's a Hong Kong Chinese family. Yeah, a par- like par- parents with a, a kid, a teenager, came to us, and the the man just said, "Actually, he didn't use language. I mean, he just、uh, gave a gesture and suggested、mm-hmm. us to leave." I didn't know he was what my friend was saying. I thought it was just okay, out of convenience. Like we we are we've already sat here for a while. If we want to take it, you take it, and we just left. But then several steps away, I suddenly found something was kind of <laughs> strange. Like I should expect some someone else to leave when they're already occupying the place. So maybe、yes. that little episode was something that hit me. Oh.、Mm-hmm. So there are some people in this society that's actually considered by a lot many pe- people that just do not belong here, even if they have lived here for years and accumulated、mm-hmm. fantastic knowledge about this place, and they have their own like friend network and so on. But they still like are considered fundamentally as an alien and someone who could like kind of a secondary citizen, you should say. Like they take the priority of things and. Yeah, when they're in need, you need to give, like, give away your seat in this specific case. Maybe and maybe other case. I mean, yes,、uh, that's that's quite、yeah. overwhelming to hear. It was like not only once. It was actually we also got talked at by an old man our way back, like something like that. And then the sister, my friend, actually told me, like, it was she who like comforted me on that. She's like, it's okay, lah. Some people are like that, but not all people are like that. And she just was telling me that way, and that actually、yeah. added to my complex feeling about this.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to know more how they negotiate their own identity in this sort of daily basis of exclusion. So、yes. I chose, yeah, like a semi-public or public space to observe their interactions. That's, I, I think, the starting point. Yeah. Do you have any experience that help to defend the domestic worker when they're facing situations like these? I don't know. I think for them, maybe their personal so-called strategy of defense or their way of dealing with it, from what they told me, is sometimes they just avoid eye contact, and.、Uh, Sometimes they just chose to ignore it because that person usually they won't aggress. Furthermore, they just probably they want to vent out. Well, because local people have no jobs and you guys took our jobs, something like that. Or sometimes, yeah, I don't know. And sometimes I think it's more subtle because for me, even if like I am,、uh, how do I say? I'm a mainland student here. I'm a migrant, like also in migrant status. Well, despite that, I have that potential of gaining, you know, a permanent residence if I stay longer. 
But still, sometimes because of maybe your language, like you don't speak Cantonese well, or some other strange reasons, you also get that. And sometimes it's more subtle. Like the people actually explicitly prove that the person is discriminating against you. It's、yes. just that subtle feeling. Yeah, yeah. I just、mm. couldn't just find the language to describe it. Yeah, maybe you choose to explain it away by yourself. Because I don't think you can hit, you can defend on something hard, like it's just、yeah. the people behave in that way and maybe、mm. talk to you not that nicely or not that patiently. Yeah, but sometimes you blame yourself. Oh, maybe I don't, I don't speak Cantonese that well, so there's some misunderstanding. Oh, and I suddenly remember,、uh, one time this Filipino sister told me that she deliberately avoided learning Cantonese. Well, for work,、uh, her English is already enough, and she just didn't. She just refused to learn Cantonese to avoid being heard. <laughs> she said maybe sometimes some local people will say mean things, and if I don't understand their language that well, then maybe I won't get. I won't mind. So <laughs> I won't mind that much. So that's probably another.、Thing. If you say strategy to deal with it, so maybe this kind of discrimination can actually delay the process of. You know, like incorporation of these workers into Hong Kong society, well, because they are not ready to learn the language, just so that their sentiments don't get hurt. So, yeah, maybe we have to work on some, like, at a deeper root to solve this problem. And and like, do you think only domestic workers they face some kind of discrimination, or it's like generally for everyone who is coming from outside to settle in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think to some extent, yes, Hong Kong is not a very inclusive society. I should say, maybe it has something to do with, I don't know. Maybe they they're dealing with their own problems, especially I think for the recent years, Hong Kong has experienced a lot. Like the local people, they already have a lot of, to digest, <laughs> to process, and、um, an unintended consequence of that confrontation. Especially between the mainland and Hong Kong local.、Uh, also, of course, there are other like ethnic relations to be considered too. I think especially about、uh, the like the political confrontations. One un- unintended consequence, like the, the strong localist emotions, like I should say, penetrating in this society makes it even harder for mainland people and local people to communicate. I mean. To really have some productive conversations, because people like from both sides, they they already have too many assumptions. I should say specific thing about discrimination in Hong Kong is not necessarily like the explicit kind of, but it's one one thing that called like people like some exotic imaginations <laughs> of the local people about other communities. I remember like once my friend in a documentary class like the. Another video, they were filming、uh, an Indian dancer who teach dance,、uh, who teach dancing in Hong Kong. He he hasn't obtained like permanent residence,、uh, and sometimes he also、uh, went back to India with his family and so on. He he he's already been here for a while, and then、uh, when they interviewed his students, like their still their impression about this teacher are still like about. Wow, he's so mysterious. Like we think a man like doing this kind of artwork. The way they put it is like typical stereotypes about exotic South Asian men who did this work. It's just like 
it's not necessarily like people are excluding other communities. It's just, I think, naturally, when you live in a relatively homogeneous society, you project something that you imagined onto others before you really get some personal concrete interactions. Yeah, mm. maybe. So we want to ask you about the ritual side of the domestic mm -hmm. worker, why you are interested and how you find there's a ritual aspect of their gathering and what do you think about it and what approaches you have used to study it? Ritual concept, we, we first chose it actually out of more, more, more out of theoretical concepts. Uh, so first, we decided that we wanted to look at interactions in public space. And the one specific, I think, background concern of that is we wanted to look at how power relations are negotiated at like very micro level of our social life. So we, we came across this theory of virtual, a theoretical tradition of ritual interaction as Things are just starting from Emil Durkheim and down with like with Irving Goffman and so on. Uh, basically, is that sociologists have argued that uh, first they focused on the solidarity side of ritual, like they focused on one particular closed community, and when they are practicing practicing some some uh, collective activities together. Uh, in which they they put some symbolic meanings into object and they shared that uh, beliefs. Um, then in this case they increased like this uh, interpersonal bond and and then then they they like developed this shared sense of community. But then like with the time goes on, theorists began to look at the other what maybe we should call conflict side of ritual when uh, in, in, in a society that's made up of more than one social groups, typically maybe an immigrant society, and across and across these groups, they will perform their own ritual to find against each other. So it will be more like a story of building my own identity in terms of who I am not, cultural others or political others. So uh, we are interested in also engaging in this theoretical tradition in our own case of migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, because we found that previously the research uh, maybe the most focused on citizens of, like in a tradition, like typical sense, maybe nation state. But then in Hong Kong, I think the case is more peculiar because our migrants, actually they, they have spent a very long time here but they actually do not belong belong here. And not only like institutionally, they couldn't attend permanent residence no matter how long they stay, but also for themselves, they think they're just here to earn enough money, enough for them to go back. So it's kind of, kind of a prolonged temporary status. So we're interested in, in this kind of like, maybe more fundamentally exclusive case. Uh, how do these people, like how do the migrant community interact um, with the local community in, in like 
in chances that they, they could encounter in public public space and that, that would be like their, their Sunday gatherings. What I found, right? Mm. So I think an interesting thing we, we actually found about their their public uh, their public gathering, their, their their holiday life is that at the beginning we cons- we conceptualize the ritual like in a binary manner. Like we just think maybe they have this ritual of uh either subordination or resistance. Subordination maybe in the sense that actively comply to the public rules, especially the rules that differentiate them and the local people who belong here actually comply to or maybe themselves believe in the supremacy of these rules. So in this way, uh, they, they, they played into this picture of a local, they played into this picture of local versus mm. in this, it's like public theater. <laughs> Other side, maybe they, they um, through some uh, some of their own like cultural performances. Uh, so maybe on this other side of uh, in the case of this rit- ritual of resistance, they were uh, enhanced like their own post ident- identity against the local people in in ways maybe they share their uh, own home cuisines and speak their own language and they sometimes making fun of their employers and something like that. But then we found actually uh, there's not always black or white or obvious differentiation between this between these two kinds was actually that did not assume this confrontational status between them and the local people. So we, we actually called this liminal resistance. Mm-hmm. It actually means that they are in a middle stage of exploring and practically to sometimes in an ironic sense kind of express their own cultural identity they need to rely on a lot of local materials for example the same performance we witnessed uh, on one sunday at the victoria park lawn they were actually performing a traditional javanese ritual where they need like this this uh, a kind of a sacred setting and they, they need to display like flowers in incense something like that and i think they bought a lot of that not from like they didn't seek for the very authentic way of putting everything like they didn't just air meld everything from their hometown and a lot of things they bought uh, they bought on the local market and also mm. <laughs> they used this red packet the red package, like from the Chinese tradition, kind of imitate, but uh, in a sense, uh, actually recreated their tradition after that festive performance. Though so they they give off those packages, mm. and also there are instances they use like those Chinese music to play kung fu, to play Indonesian kung fu, or cultural uh, fusion. Yeah, so there's a lot of instances actually they use local materials or materials from this transnational business network to cultural identity. And oftentimes, I think, if you directly ask them, do you think you belong to this place or do you think Hong Kong is your place? They'll say no. And sometimes they will, they will say yes, but with confusing look or doubting laughter. <laughs> like they say yes, but 
simultaneously they will realize, well, what kind of question you're asking? Yeah, oftentimes people are assuming belonging is more about like in political sense or legal sense, whether you have citizenship of this place. But I think in their daily kind of everyday practices, uh, they're already making their own scheme of belonging or their own way of define, defining who they are in Hong Kong, defining their own relationship with this place. Um, out of that hegemonic rules or concepts of Hong Kong, Hong Kong needs, or for example, concepts of civility, concepts of civic capacity. Sometimes you should be, how do I say, progressive. This is hard to describe because this is also something that confused me because in their like organization cycle, uh, cycles, like, like if, if you stay there long enough, you realize actually there is also this subtle discrimination line within their own group. Like they will educate new members um, the way they should behave and the languages, specific yeah. words and languages they should yeah. use. Yeah, to actually to enact their, no matter in their rights advocacy, yeah. advocacy events, and to build up their images in a certain way. So maybe I think in that sense, it is also some kind of a hegemony from the local civil society that have need need to they need to adapt to to uh, get their own voices out. Mm. So I think there are yeah just this many not only cultural but political and organizational aspects of how they stayed in between to explore actually the back and forth boundaries between so-called yes. local and migrant identities. And I think very rightly you said that it's not black or white, right? There are many shades of gray in between. So, yeah. but but do you think that there are these experiences which actually affect, like now you told that they are getting discriminated or maybe they don't feel well belong to the society. So do you think that this is affecting the migration among the Muslim Indonesian domestic workers to actually come to Hong Kong? Like is the number decreasing or are they still coming in the same amount or like, how is it affected? To my knowledge, I think the Indonesian community, they are growing since, uh, I think the first batch of Indonesian migrants came here around like, like at the beginning of this century. And then now it is it almost have reached the Filipino workers who originally like dominated the whole market. <laughs> okay. So they're, yeah, I think they're reaching kind of this similar numbers of the Filipinos. And I'm not sure, maybe it's not dropping or probably it's dropping because of like the employment situations pandemic. Mm. For me, well, well, from, from what they told me, I think discrimination is not like a major consideration when they are choosing places to work, if I already decided to come out. Some okay. of them will compare, compare places like Hong Kong with other maybe countries in the Middle East, uh, some, some of them will went to uh, uh, Abu Dhabi or mm. Singapore or Taiwan. Well, more or less, there were discriminations. And maybe for some religious reasons, uh, some of them were chose to, for Indo Muslim Indonesians, they were chose to go to Abu Dhabi. But I think the main consideration is still like salary and uh, because, yeah, like that, the reason they want, wanted to go out is to support their family. Salary and maybe some 
religion and like cultural considerations. Um, for discrimination, I felt like they took it as a default or something that came with it, like they have to deal with. It. Yeah, didn't they won't have like enough adequate imagination about like how discrimination actually worked before until they actually came here and blend into the daily life of Hong Kong. So yeah, Yes, I think before I before I came, I also didn't imagine well Hong Kong people are discriminated. Like I didn't took the so like so many steps I had to think about that. that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sorry. Are you gonna continue the study of this topic, like migrants? And also domestic workers, and also virtual schemes in your master. I had this research proposal I wrote for uh, some of the master programs, and uh, but also like as a writing sample for others. But for me, I did have this very uh, particular in their like process, their trajectories of public engagement. Because from our interactions, I learned that many, or if not most, of the migrants, they actually didn't participate in any. Either I should say political parties or local community organizations. No, they didn't have that that kind of thing until they came here. And um, although they're here only for like work, like the not only I mean their main job, their main uh, purpose, main goal is of course work. But in in this process, they are many of them will be exposed to the services of um, many migrant uh, their their own organizations, um, and many of them will. be involved and uh, eventually became an active member of them. But many, many won't. And within all those organizations, there are different kinds of, uh, some Some of them are more progressive, like I mentioned. Um, and some others are actually very, <laughs> if you want to use conservative, like they collaborate with uh, the government and the police and um, the religious authorities uh, and mainly focused on the skill training and uh, religious learning some kind of well some kind of improvement of the migrant community so i i just i was just very interested in this diversity ways of public engagement and public life after they came and how do they build this transnational network something that they would build for political representation or competition with other groups it's, it's just a very temp resourceful and active diaspora committee so yeah i'm interested like how, how how they change like how they develop this uh, civic passion through their like labor mig migration journeys so maybe for that i need to get more interactions with the indonesian communities here and yeah with the communities here and maybe to stay back in their own hometown uh, visit the returnees and other migrants like in their own home social context as well. Yeah, Yes. so I'm planning to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also applying for some internship in Indonesia. Hmm. And I hope I could, yeah, get a chance to.